This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. Hello there. This is Brian, Warren, and Jennifer from the Wabash Valley Power Alliance Economic Development Team. Together with 19 rural electric member cooperatives, we serve communities in 48 Indiana counties. And we're proud to sponsor today's IEDA In Your Ear podcast. Enjoy! This is the second podcast for IEDA with Indiana Secretary of Commerce, Jim Schellinger. Secretary Schellinger serves as a member of Governor Eric Holcomb's cabinet and leads the state domestic and international economic development efforts and previously served as the president of IEDC under then Governor Mike Pence. Prior to serving the state in his current role, Secretary Schellinger served as the chairman and CEO of CSO Architects and is a graduate of the University of Notre Dame School of Architecture. He was appointed to his leadership role with IEDC in August of 2015 after serving for two years as a member of the Board of Directors. So Jim, thanks for taking time to be with me again today. Lee, it's always an honor. Um, You do so much for our state and your members of IEDA. The things we do in economic development wouldn't happen without you and your membership. Well, I think we can certainly say the same about you and your staff. And and I wanted to make sure, I, I, I think 2020, in spite of all of the challenges, turned out to be a very good year for you, for, for IEDC, for uh, IEDA members, and the state of Indiana, at least in terms of economic development. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to review uh, what happened in 2020 and uh, to really highlight some of the successes um, so I want to take some of these topics one by one to be able to highlight uh, the, some of the things that happened in 2020. But and, and there's a lot of good news. But I want to start with how uh, talking about how you and IEDC mobilized in 2020 to respond to the COVID-19 challenge, uh, while you were also being focused on on driving economic development. Well, that's, uh, thank you for the question. You know, uh, Lee, we actually started planning for in a different way than we've ever done before. We really started, we tried to finish 2019 as a good year. So basically I stayed home in the months of November and December. We set up a war room at the IDC and uh, we had all of our people in business development. We had regular meetings. We put posted every project under every project manager and we went at it. And, you know, as you know, we've had record years under Governor Holcomb every single year. And uh, and that so we went into 2020 with a pretty strong pipeline. And we're going to be going we are now in 2021 with an equally, if not better, stronger pipeline. But that's how we went into the year. And as you know, what it really wasn't, I always say March 6th was the date. That's when the governor um, put out the executive order. I was in his office at 10:23 a.m. Uh, and we got the phone call on the first death. And now look, um, we're at 8,000. You know, you look at you've had 600,000 cases. Um, so it's really been dramatic uh, what's taken place since uh, you know now close to a year. But uh, you know, we just continue to hit hard as our team always does, as your team always does, and just did all the. You know, I always say, you know, economic development is not necessarily a glamorous deal. It's blocking and tackling, and it's pretty basic fundamentals, and you got to keep doing it every single day. And so now, Governor Holcomb holds the record in, in number of jobs in, in a year, uh, number of 
the highest wages in a year, 2060 number of jobs in a year. He just set that this year, 30, 31,730 or something like that. Um, a new record of beyond 2018, we were 31,112 jobs. Um, the CapEx is, is it a, not as good as last year. It, last year was $8.444 billion which was a record that we broke from uh, Mitch Daniels in his first term. Uh, and then again on payroll, $1.8 billion in payroll, just a huge number um, and number of projects has been great. So I think that, you know, the, the, the key, as you know, Lee, and you do this every single day as does your membership. Um, I was asked earlier on another podcast um, about, you know, what is our biggest challenge? Well, you and I both know this, haven't been around quite a while, not to mention our age, but, you know, it's about telling our story and getting it out, you know, forever and ever. Just take the city of Indianapolis, which is one of, you know, the cities that we look at all around the state. There's so many great cities, Fort Wayne, South Bend, Hammond, Gary, Terre Haute, Richmond, any Evansville, Jeffersonville, you name it, uh, just great cities. But, you know, it's, we got to tell the story. When I moved here in 84, it was Indiana Place or Naptown. Carl Sandburg, the great poet, said Indianapolis was the biggest farm he ever visited with a monument in the center of it. Um, and look what's transpired. You know, we're going to have the entire March Madness here. We got the, you know, the College National Football Champions coming up in a year uh, from now uh, in 2022. And so we got so many good things happening. And you'd look all around the state that's happening. So I think just making sure we get out the word and everybody that comes here takes notice and they see us as being a place they can be successful in business. And that translates into good livelihoods for the Hoosiers all around our state. And, uh, and the other thing is workforce. You know, we've got to be able to fill the jobs. So we spend an inordinate amount of time, as you do, and all of your Alitos and Ritos do, on making sure we have quality place around the state of Indiana so that we have cool places to live, work, play, and stay. So, uh, we're, we're, again, just we're doing the basics, and we're doing it fundamentally correct. And I think if you do that, the success pans out. So you take our foreign direct investment. We've tripled it in three years, and we had another great year this year. And you look at that and you just say, you know, this is an amazing thing because that's coming from outside in and tripling it is a big deal and making sure that we share culture. We always do this, whether it's with a business or a country or a state, we make sure we understand our cultures. We make sure we can exchange on education level whenever possible. We got some of the finest universities in America right here in the state of Indiana. Ivy Tech, the only statewide community college, Vincennes, the number one advanced manufacturing college in the country. Uh, you look at all that um, and then couple that with uh, economic development that falls from that. But once you get to know someone, and this is in the words of Lou Holtz, you first have to convince somebody you're committed to excellence. Governor Holcomb does that every day. Secondly, they got to believe they can trust you. And third, and maybe most important of all, is they got to know you care about them. And we do. Our, our entire team, we try to make a connection on a very personal level. And, and having, if you do that, Indiana sells itself based on the low taxes, low regs, and you know, our, our balance, our surplus, AAA credit rating, a surplus of $2.4 billion pre-COVID. It dropped. But soon, probably by May, we'll have it restored back to that $2.4 billion, which is unbelievably important to businesses we talk to. Well, so, so talk about those businesses then. You know, I think we, we were afraid that we were going to see a hiccup because of COVID-19, and the pipeline did remain strong. Certainly, as I talked to our members, 
you know, they, they mentioned that it was some of the busiest times that they had had in their careers. Did we see uh, the profile of the types of companies coming to Indiana change? I mean, what was the footprint of the, the companies that did come here? And was it what we normally expect or was there something different? It would be what we normally expect, but I think the thing that is really, I, when I'm asked this question a lot, and I get it all around the state, and certainly I get it by the governor, you know, how is this happening? And I said, it's the, the courage and the vision and the willingness to take risk on the part of our Indiana businesses. You know, that's our, our favorite businesses. We love them all, but you got to love our homegrown businesses that start in Indiana, continue to expand in Indiana. And then we have businesses that are headquartered outside of Indiana but in the 49 states that come here, and then, of course, foreign direct investment. But the bottom line is that um, in, in all these walks of life, uh, the companies, you take an automobile industry, for instance, you know, they're planning their 23, 24, 25 models right now. So the horizon, the time horizon is a lot longer than you would say, look at your health horizon. You get sick, you go to the hospital. Um, but these people have to prepare because we all know uh, we'll come out of this. Um, hopefully this year, hopefully mid-year, but we'll come out of this. Um, and they know that and they have to prepare for that future. So we've had a, amazing jobs, um, you know, a lot of big projects. We had 78 attraction projects. So those are new to our state that accounted 2.7 billion of that investment and 15,000 jobs. Um, you know, just we've had, we have had jobs uh, Lee in every one of the six regions within the state of Indiana. Because uh, this year we had uh, projects in 70, uh, 57 regions and the governor's tenure from 2017 to current end of 220 he had uh, job projects in 84 of the 92 counties and we really work hard when we haven't done a project to focus on that county but as you know we don't weigh in on different sites we try to weigh in all of them equal till they're the only site in Indiana going up against another state then we take the gloves on and, and it becomes uh, a full contact sport but if you look at the different aerospace and defense, we had 27 job commitments, $612 uh, million in CapEx, uh, 4,000 new jobs. Life science continues to remain strong in Indiana. We had 36 projects in 20, 890 million in CapEx, and just close to 5,500 jobs. And of course, it surprised nobody listening to this podcast that manufacturing is alive and well in Indiana. Um, I actually heard a professor say, manufacturing Indiana is dead. I like, I don't know what planet they're living on, but we had 145 new project commitments last year that represent three, almost $4 billion in CapEx uh, with seven, close to 18,000 jobs just in manufacturing. And then our tech jobs can, I continue to say, Indiana tech is the best kept secret. You come here and the affordability of our state um, will take you out of the salary inflation you experience on the East and West coast. But we had 47 commitments, 4,000 jobs in IT and $41 an hour average wage. So that's pretty spectacular. And I learned this week that just yesterday that emphasis, a project we worked on together a couple of years ago, emphasis is now the number one IT company in the world. And in terms of hiring and growth, they're the number one company in the world. And they're building our, their campus out here um, over at the airport site. So it's a, a phenomenal thing. And again, if we can just get out and tell the story whenever possible, and I, I really want all of your members to know that, you know, call me. You know, I my phone number, I, my cell phone's out there. You've got it, Lee. My, you know, I'm, I, my email's out there, and I work 24 hours a day. You know, certainly the governor calls me in the middle of the night often, but that's usually when I'm traveling. 
But, you know, I'll come. I'll talk to somebody. You want me to have a Zoom call in this day and age? I'm happy to do it. Um, that's when I enjoy what I do most of all is recruiting companies um, uh, to expand in Indiana if they're here or to come to Indiana if they're not. So I don't know if this is common. You sort of touched on this, but I don't know if it's common in other years. But looking through the, the information that was sent out about 2020, it noted that, that 2020 was a record year for attracting new operations and startups to the state. Um, can you talk about maybe what some of those companies were or some examples? And um, if that was unusual for us, what were we doing differently uh, to attract those startups uh, to the state in 2020? Well, we try to look at the things we do. And I, I always, I don't really like these phrases that are become so cliche, like, you know, best practices, but we are looking at those things every single day. And I know all your members are and our guys are working with your members. But, you know, the big, big projects, the highlights, you know, we had them all over the place. LaPorte County, Pond Alliance, which was a huge project um, that we had. Or look at Amazon in Hancock County, 800 jobs. Berletta Boats up in north central Indiana, up in Elkhart County, 250 jobs. Kosikiana is a um, mattress company in LaPorte County, which is two, 350 jobs. Elanco was a huge project for us, Lee, as you know. Um, you know, that was a, an amazing project that brought four entities together that were on very opposite ends of the spectrum going into it. The city of Indianapolis, the developer, Ambrose, um, the, the state of Indiana, for that matter, and then Elanco, who's now the second largest animal health company in the world with their acquisition of Bear. Um, but that was bringing four groups of people together to do something on the old GM stamping plant site that's going to change the entire landscape of the city of Indianapolis and in that now the city will expand in a real way beyond the zoo. Zoo's certainly great, but now we'll have businesses over there on that 91 acres. Um, and then you just go down the list, the electric class mile up in um, St. Joseph County, 960 jobs, 300 million capex, River Forest. 360 jobs in DeKalb and LaGrange counties, um, Ingog, uh, Incog, Biopharmacy, Pseudicals Company, 150 jobs in Hamilton, and the list just goes on and on. Milwaukee, too, 450 jobs in Johnson. Um, you had Subaru of Indiana, another 350 jobs in Tippecanoe County. We get 1,000 jobs for Walmart, uh, in, out, their largest investment of all time, $650 million. And, you know, I could, I could go on all day long and put them in each of the categories. I could tell you about projects, whether it be in the life sciences or the agribusiness or the aerospace and defense or manufacturing or logistics uh, or IT. I could tell you lots. Of, and I'm, we're happy to make that public knowledge because everything we do, we'd like to get the word out. And um, like I said, you know, 57 counties. Uh, so our guys are obviously doing a lot of work together. And again, I so appreciate, you know, Lee, you were inspirational to me the first day I met you. And I thought, I, actually, I, I didn't even know what it was. I thought somebody pronounced IDC wrong. And I'm like, what's, is IDA same as IDC? No, no, it's a different, different organization. Um, but I've really enjoyed working with you, Lee. And I think that our commitment, our mutual commitment to be joined at the hip is extremely important because we feed off of one another, our, our groups of people whether it be all the members of IDC and all the members of the IDA, we can't, you know, we need each other in a big, big way. Um, so the more we can do to collaborate, the better, as I see it, for, for both entities. And I think one of the things that I find most, most inspiring about you, Jim, is that you are, you are one of the most positive people I think I, I encounter on a regular basis. And so there probably should be some moment during some weeks 
when I could just, you know, get like five minutes just so I can, you know, kind of get lifted up. Um, and having said that, though, are there things, because you are so positive, this may be a tough question for you to answer, but are there things that, that uh, locally or around the state that we can be doing better that would help us? Uh, I mean, it's hard to imagine that we could do anything, we could do better but there's always, there's always some room for improvement in terms of the numbers. Are there things that we could be doing better that would even put us in a better position to attract investment in the future? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, the, the secret sauce is collaboration. Um, you know, we look at the state of Indiana as a state. We don't look at it as any individual part. Um, we have a lot of times where there's people around the state of Indiana that have issues with our capital city and seem to think a lot of things go to central Indiana. And, and I get that. I, I learned that when I was the development chair for the Archbishop's board at the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, you know, there's that, that question, that issue all the time, but the more we can collaborate, um, you know, I, I would love to see us have some regional meetings in each of the six regions where we come together, Lido's and Rito's. And if that has to, I'd love to do that in person, socially distanced, but the more we can get together, learn to know each other, your conferences are amazing, and just get to see everybody's faces and names and get to know them on a personal level, um, because I think that's the deal. So we can always be better at collaboration. There's no question about it. Um, we can always be better on making sure we're all playing out of the same playbook. And, you know, we, we put our playbook online. I always said, you know, it doesn't matter. If back in the day when I said this for the first time, I said, you can have Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy's playbook, but you don't have Peyton Manning, Tony Dungy, and similar with Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady. I mean, you got to have the players, right? We got the players. We got the players at IDC all around the state. We got the players at IDA. So all we need to do is make sure we're working out of the same playbook and collaborating every single minute of every single day. We can't do that enough. And uh, so I think those are things that challenge us in the future. But the, the outlook is, <laughs> sorry to say, be redundant, but it's positive. We are so blessed. Um, in the state of Indiana. We've got so many good things going. And the people of Indiana are, again, that's the, that is the key. So, you know, having workforce and everywhere you go, we're just, we're good people in the state of Indiana, good down to earth, hardworking people. And, um, and again, getting that message out. We do need to work a little harder and we'll continue to work hard in retaining our talent. Um, I think that's the first thing. And then attracting new talent. And I think working with um, Secretary Blair, uh, Milo, um, uh, career connection and talent is we're going to work very closely with her in the future uh, to help get that message out and working with how we do the hot spots when we're looking at a project in any given county, how we look at the hot spot map to see where the people are there to have jobs. And uh, we work very, very closely with TMAP. And TMAP is locating people that have an Indiana tie, whether they went to school here, their parents live here, their spouse is from here, whatever. And we chart those people, and, and, and through TMAP, they make three contacts with those people to see if they'd be willing to look at a job back in their home state or the state they have connections to. And I will tell you, without question, that's what sold Saab in Boeing on coming to West Lafayette to build their new TX fighter pilot uh, thing. So, there, yeah, sure, there's always things we can do better. But one of the things we 
you know, I've always said, you don't want to put your star shortstop at second base and have a hole at shortstop. So we, we can never lose sight of the things we're doing, even though I teach my grandkids, okay, you put away the toys you have and then before you take out new ones. But I think we, we have to focus on something I think has been important in my business career is the things we're doing well, we have to continue to do well. Um, and then we have to improve the things that we can improve. And there's always something. And I would welcome uh, input to the IDA of things. I, I'd love, love to hear, you know, some kind of review, performance review uh, of IDC, because I'd love to learn what we can improve on to support your team. And I know there's a lot. And, yeah, you know, there's no pride of authorship. There's, you know, there's no, you don't have to worry about thin-skinned people. Um, it'd be all aimed at doing our job better. Um, so anything you can do to help us facilitate that, Lee, I'd sure appreciate well, you mentioned regional meetings, and certainly we would be uh, we would love to work with you to to pull something together as we get a little bit perhaps past COVID nineteen, uh, but would love to work with you in pulling regional meetings together and working with your uh, regional folks to do that. Uh, so uh, just let us know how we can help you with that. And, and speaking of meetings, you know I know that one of your strengths and that you love to talk about the foreign direct investment. And unfortunately, last year we did not get to have you were you were going to have uh, the international conference, and we couldn't do that. That was right in the midst of COVID. Uh, are there plans to think about sort of a, a second attempt at that or an alternative coming up? For sure. Um, that I'll tell you that thing under the leadership of Abby Gross at our at our shop, uh, who leads our entire communications and marketing efforts. Um, it was gaining so much steam and so many people wrote us and told us how disappointed they were. And I mean, we had people coming from all around the world. We had four governors, for instance, coming from Japan. We had delegations coming in, 20, 30 people. It was going to be a phenomenal conference and the topics and the speakers were. So now we have planned that for March of 2022. So I teased Abigail the other day and said, Abigail, we're coming up. You know, it's going to be a year from now. Uh, in March. We haven't picked the exact date. We're waiting for some input from the governor on that, but that was going to be one of the top things we do. And, you know, being eye to eye, and that's why I travel so much around the country to the other 49. I've spent all this time traveling throughout the 92 counties. So if I haven't been to one of your counties, if you're a Lido or Rito, you let me know because I'm going to every single one of them during this time frame to make sure that we're getting the word out, getting the message out. We may not be able to travel to every state or every country for sure, but we are starting to look at that because, for instance, I can go to Central Europe and I can quarantine for 10 days, which is a week and a weekend. Um, <clears throat> then I can go throughout uh, Central Europe. So I could go to Germany, Poland, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Austria, um, you know, all these countries I can go to once I've quarantined by getting tested before I enter each one. And so we're going to probably make that effort here coming up real soon. Um, we can travel freely to Mexico, not yet to Canada, but um, getting out and, you know, I always say you go 9,000 miles to look somebody in the eye and tell them how much you appreciate them. It's that personal touch um, that we have to continue to do whenever we can get, that's why I'm on, I, you know, I've been able to travel, but let me tell you, I have been on phone calls intensely since March doing, you know, call time in a sense of working in the evenings, uh, wee hours of the morning, call people in different time zones to talk to them. And they're not just the people we're trying to lure to Indiana. These are people we already have here. And actually, I've done a host of ones that are people that we tried to go after and didn't get. Um, and I, I like to say this very humbly, 
Um, most people we do business with, if they don't decide to come here now, they will in the future. Uh, it's just a matter of time. So, so we continue to do that. And while we can't exactly travel all over the world right now, we're still, there's nothing keeping us from, you know, doing a Zoom call or a conference call. And uh, those have been very effective. And, you know, the governor's very open to any free time he has being on the phone uh, with a given customer. In fact, he and I are going to be on the phone a little bit later today with a, a huge, huge opportunity I mentioned a little bit earlier. But, um, you know, we just got to continue to keep that up. Uh, so there's, you know, there's always a way where there's a will. And one of the things that I think, uh, so we've talked about some of the, the larger companies coming here. But I also know that there has been uh, somewhat of a sustained uh, effort to really support small business and small business probably more so than just about any other sector uh, suffered a lot during the pandemic. How do we how do we position small business? What, what can we do from your perspective to help some of those small businesses? I'm concerned. We saw some real renaissance, I think, in downtowns in Indiana, maybe in the last 10 years. Where there was a there was a big focus on small business, uh, there was a big focus on restoring uh, those downtowns and bringing people back, and sort of a, and that's a big part of our quality of life that attracts people and attracts companies. Any thought about what we can and should be doing to try to help those small businesses uh, recover from the pandemic and make sure that we hang on to our downtowns? Certainly. Um- and, you know, it's very important when you realize that 85% of the businesses in Indiana are considered small businesses. Although I got to tell you, <clears throat> I led an architectural firm that went from 50 when I joined to 150. And, uh, and I thought that was huge, but it's 500 and below are small businesses. <clears throat> so we, we have to focus on that. We have focused on that. We've had 330 new business deals with small businesses, another 418 new clients registered through our PTAC, Public Technical Assistance, and, and been doing well at that. There are certain businesses that are really struggling in the hospitality industry predominantly. Um, you know, the governor, when he, he called me one time at wee hours in the morning, and he said, um, I want to do this plan of, of getting non-essential businesses back up and going. I'm thinking about back on track or bouncing back. And he said, I'm sort of favoring back on track. I said, I love it. I said, let me tell you why. I will take issue with anybody, anybody I'll go toe to toe with that says our economy shut down, our economy never shut down. And I say, I like the back on track because governor, we've been logging laps this entire time during COVID, logging laps, albeit under yellow flag. So no, have there been industries hit hard like the restaurant business or the hotel? Absolutely. And we're trying to do everything we can do to help. And I have the honor of co-chairing the Indiana Economic uh, Relief and Recovery Team, along with Chris Johnson, and we have an amazing committee. Uh, Ryan Kitchell's played a key role, and you have Al Hubbard and Senator Luke Kenley and John Thompson and, and Christine uh, Marcuselli, and, and of course, our former Lieutenant Governor Becky Skillman. And these people, you know, it's interesting, uh, we thank them for stepping up and you know there was a lot of people wanted to be on that committee i said well, i was talking to the chief of staff i said chief so there were people that wanted to have a meeting a five hour a week meeting every you know in the state house we would go over to the state uh, south building and the government center south and you know it, these were long hard meetings to figure out where that 2.8 billion would go responsibly and that group will continue on uh, whatever stimulus packages are offered 
And we administer, obviously, the Paycheck Protection Program, which was enormous uh, in the amount of companies in Indiana got that. Um, I, I can't, I think it was over 2,700 or something like that. It might have been more. But, you know, that's what we're going to continue to do because, you know, we love our small businesses in Indiana and we want to make sure that, you know, we don't just focus on the big ones. Um, we love them all. And I don't care if you're four people or two people or you're 400 or a thousand, we treat everybody the same. And um, it's really important. It's really vital to our culture in every city and every county around the state to maintain that good small business environment. As you said, Lee, and you put it very well, for our culture to, to add to what we are about, because that's what Indiana is about. And being entrepreneurs and people pursuing the American dream right here in Indiana. And anything and everything we can do to do that, we're always open to suggestions. Um, anything we can do that we can do within law and, and the monies and the funds we've been given, we're going to do it and we'll continue to do it. So what do you see? I'll, I'll let you go here soon. But, but as you're looking forward, obviously, none of us have a crystal ball. Uh, but what do you think are the, the real opportunities in 2021 and uh, what challenges are in front of us in terms of our, our jobs of attracting investment? The, um, I think our opportunities are endless in terms of what we have. To, uh, I thought you were going to say, I love my crystal ball. I think IU is going to go back to a major bowl again next year. <laughs> I don't know. Where <laughs> I, I think Notre Dame will, will continue to be playing at a higher level than they have in past years. Um, it's all good. But I think uh, the challenges we have are, are simply making sure we're competitive um, with the other states. And our legislators in both chambers of the state house have done a great job. You know, this year, Lee, you know, we've cascaded downward um, in terms of corporate income tax. And this in this year, 2021, will hit what was to be the bottom at this point, 4.9%. We can continue to make strides, 3.23% on income tax. It's one of the lowest in the country. And again, these number one ratings in the Midwest in just about everything. Um, and then you look at the overall in the country, you know, we're single digits. And, and I think that making that that's something we can't rest our laurels on. We got to continue to look at those and partner with our legislators to make sure we're understanding what we can do to be more competitive, certainly what we need to do to be more stable. And what we, you know, we're here, Lee, just like your membership. We're here to support Hoosiers all around our state. That's the reason we exist. We wouldn't exist if that's uh, not, you know, my, my, theory, uh, and this is not an original, of course, but I tell our guys at IDC, and I'm sure you share the same philosophy, you know, and this is a challenge. This is going to be a challenge forever is start with yes, get to yes, you know, make sure you, you know, confirm we can do it. Um, don't start with no. I mean, there's always a reason to say, ah, we'll never make it right. Um, but, you know, start with yes. In fact, I've, I've had that philosophy for all the time I've been at IDC, and I got a call from a, a young lady, Amy Gilroy, at Raytheon, I was out in Washington State at the time, and she said, I was just thinking about you. I watched Good Morning America, the Sunday cooking show, and there was a Michelin chef on there. And I always thought Michelin was into tires, but I guess they're chefs too. But at any rate, she said there was a Michelin chef on there, and he just uh, released a new book, and it's called Yes is the Answer, What is the Question? And that's the way we have to think, uh, all of us around the state of Indiana that are involved in economic dome. Yes is the answer. What is the question? Validate yes. Make sure we get there because there's always a way. And I think that'll continue to challenge us because, again, there'll be states that come in and there, we might be third in terms of affordability and we're competing with one that's number one in terms of affordability, although typically those aren't 
they're not states that are as desirable as Indiana, um, uh, not to name them. But, you know, so we, we always have to look at what our competition is doing. And we just, uh, I just got done putting together, happy to make it available to all your members. But we might want to do it on a couple more pages. But on the front and back of an 11 by 17, I've got Indiana compared to all 50 states in number all categories, whether it be taxes, whether it be regulations, whether it be rankings. Um, I asked to get that in one spot for all 50. And then anytime um, somebody, Alito, Rito, is going after a project, and, and if we're not involved at that point, that's fine. But, you know, you can always request that information. Somebody can call us and say, and I, I can tell you, this is handled internally by a gentleman named Randy, does a great job. But you can call me. You can call my assistant, my deputy chief, Jake Miller, and just tell us. I And I do this. I'm horrible because I'll call them five minutes ahead of time. Now, say so any cost comparison with Indiana, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina, Texas, and they, they send it to me, and I have it. And when I'm able to show that to the customer, you know, it's interesting. A lot of uh, customers we have do not let us know the states are in. I was teasing today about that because I said, heck, in Pee Wee Athletics, you know the team you're going to play next. I mean, you know, how can we really differentiate ourselves or, or understand what we would need to do in the future if we don't know the states? I don't know why that has to be so confidential. Um, of course, our code names are confidential, but I would offer that information to all of your members in terms of comparisons of, around uh, the country. Um, I think is really, really important information. And then another challenge, I think, which we're doing really well at, by the way, but we can always do better, is the is understanding the power of regionalism. Um, you know, the Regional Cities Initiative was so great. Um, you know, because it, it showed people like 13 counties in northeast Indiana, you know, four down in southwest, two up in Lake County, four up in north central, I think a few down in, 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 in central, obviously many, many more in the donut counties, but that understood that going after a project is important for the region and it may not be your county. But it doesn't necessarily mean you can't help and support it because, you know, what do they say? There's a phrase that says, what is it? The tide lifts all ships or whatever. I can't quote it exactly. But I think that power of regionalism where we're really working together is extremely important. And back in, as you know, prior to 2019, um, you know, the birth rate slightly outpaced the death rate in Indiana. Otherwise, we'd be an out-migration state. But in 2019, we had 31,800 people came to Indiana, migrated to Indiana for whatever, jobs, schools, uh, lifestyle. And uh, this year, it, we, the preliminary reading is over 24,000. So that's something to be proud of. And, um, you know, we're 6.6, 6.7 million people. Um, you know, we're about the same geographic re area, say, Israel. I noticed that when I went over there. We're about the same geographic area, but they have about 9.9 .9 million people, and 60% of their land is a desert. So if you look at the geographic area of the state of Indiana, we have endless growth opportunities, uh, and I think we'll continue to see that, but we'll continue to have to work hard. There's no question about it. I appreciate your time. And, you know, I really do appreciate the partnership that we have been able to develop. Uh, we've been pleased uh, that uh, Jim Staten has been serving on the IEDA board. It's great to have uh, IEDC represented uh, on the board so that we have that, that connection. Uh, is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to be sure and share with everybody before we close? 
Well, one of the things um, I would encourage people to do, you know, especially you, Lee, as you know, we've made you a, a key person to come to our board meetings and executive sessions. And if you're unable to attend, you can always send somebody from your board um, because I think that's important. Again, collaboration is a secret sauce. And whenever we can do it uh, good, we do it well, then we're going to have great results. So to me, that would be the number one thing I'd continue to say to people, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Um, because, you know, I think it was Walt Disney that said, Lee, none of us is as smart as all of us. So when we put our heads together, there's nothing we can't accomplish. I appreciate that. You know, it's always great uh, to get a few minutes to spend with you. Uh, I've been talking in this podcast with uh, Indiana Secretary of Commerce, Jim Schellinger. Uh, Jim has been talking about our successes from 2020 and some of the opportunities we have in front of us for 2021. Jim, thank you as always for your time and for always the 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 energy and the optimism that you bring to any discussion and certainly to the job you're doing for State of Indiana. We appreciate it. Well, it's, I love it. You know, I tell people I've lived in Indiana 60 years and I'm 60 years old. I've never left the state. I've lived in here my whole life and I don't, there's no place I'd rather live than Indiana and I'll never leave Indiana. Uh, I foresee none of that happening in the future. So thank you, Lee. I really appreciate, our, most important, I appreciate our friendship. I really enjoy your company. Um, I appreciate the, the, what we've done to collaborate and uh, look forward to a bright future. Thank you, Jim. Um, happy 2021 to us all, and let's go out and make, uh, make it a great year. Thank you, Lee. This has been the IEDA In Your Ear podcast, brought to you by Wabash Valley Power Alliance. Thank you for listening. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, and all rights are reserved. Thank you.